we want to pause that. Yeah. Okay. And you? Okay. <laughs> Got it. All right. Hi, everyone. We're going to give it about two to three more minutes to allow some more people to join in. Um, in the meantime, you probably, when you entered the room, you might have seen a pre-meeting poll. So it would be really great if you could go ahead and fill that out for us. We'll start the recording. Okay. So welcome everyone. So today we're going to look at how you can utilize um, engineering path analysis for grant writing and publications um, with new features. And so um, as Lynn mentioned, um, today's webinar does have uh, some special features. So if you have any questions, uh, please utilize that Q&A box that's located at the bottom of your screen. This is gonna help us keep track of what questions are being asked and then what questions are being answered. Now I'm gonna try to make this uh, interactive. So uh, throughout the session, I'll just ask you, you know, um, if some of the outputs that I'm gonna be showing are they relevant to you? And so for that, uh, you can utilize the q and I'm sorry, the raise hands button that's located at the bottom of the screen. So for those of you that are attending today, do you guys just go ahead and click on it so that I know that it is working for those that are attending today's session. 
And so again, that raised hand button is going to be located at the bottom of your screen. And I can see that many of you um, are able to um, locate it and uh, use it. Now, if you do experience any technical difficulties, uh, please let us know through chat and we will be um, happy to help you. And so um, before we get started, I just want to let you know that the products that um, I'll be showing today are intended for molecular biology applications only. These are not intended for the diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of a disease. And so today, uh, we'll start off with a brief overview of how IPA has been used in the literature and what uh, resources power the functionalities within IPA. We'll then break today's session into two parts. And so in the first part, we'll look at how you can explore public data and the knowledge about molecular interactions with other data sets. And so here we will look at uh, gene expression across uh, different uh, diseases, tissues, or target of interest, learn how to construct networks and uh, predict activity changes in silico, and then how to uh, you can search for pre-analyzed public studies. In the second part, uh, we'll look at how you can use IPA to gain biological insights for your data set of interest by using core analysis. And so we'll focus on how to um, interpret key biological findings within the data and how you can use those uh, biological findings um, and compare them across a wide spectrum of public studies. And so we're going to be uh, pasting uh, today's slides in the chat box. And so just to let you know that we do have step-by-step -step instructions associated with those slides. Um, so you can always go ahead and just click on this little uh, hyperlink and it'll take you to those step-by-step -step slides. Um, so you can review them um, at your own leisure. Now, one way uh, to illustrate how IPA has been used for publication is to do a simple Google Scholar search for uh, engineering pathway analysis. And so here, uh, when you restrict those searches to more recent studies, uh, we can see that the uh, engineering pathway analysis uh, tag shows up in over 16,000 results. And so this illustrates how widely utilized IPA is in the process of publishing studies. So we can pull up some of these recent studies to give you examples of how IPA has been used um, in specific publications and to give you some context into the different types of data as well as the different systems that have been utilized um, and studied um, with IPA. And so one example that utilized IPA is this RNA-seq uh, study. Uh, tumor and cytokine primed human natural killer cells exhibit distinct phenotypic and transcriptional signatures. And so the study uh, used expression data to build a network in silico of how key molecules in the data set, colored in uh, green and uh, red, might interact with other key molecules uh, related to tumorogenesis. Now this uh, proteomic study, uh, characterization of functional protein complexes from Alzheimer's disease in healthy brains by mass spectrometry based uh, proteome analysis, uh, utilized networks to get a better understanding of how these uh, proteins might interact with key uh, cellular functions. Now, another example is this single cell study. Uh, cell, single uh, cell transcriptome analysis highlights a role for neutrophils and inflammatory macrophages in the pathogenesis of severe COVID-19 that utilized uh, networks to get a better understanding of how um, networks and um, also utilized um, with uh, utilized different cell types um, to get a better understanding and uh, to compare 
the differences between severe and mild disease, and defined uh, key biological aspects uh, for these uh, expression profiles. And then lastly, uh, this metabolomic uh, study that looked at how integrating untargeted and targeted metabolomics coupled with pathway analysis reveals muscle disorder and osteoporosis uh, that utilized uh, networks to get a better understanding of how these uh, different metabolites uh, might interact with early uh, muscle disorder symptoms in um, osteoporosis. And so you can see IPA supports multiple types of data looking at different systems from cancer to viral infection. And so not only is IPA utilized in publications, but it's also utilized as part of NIH grants. And so looking at this graphic from the NIH reporter, uh, you can see that IPA has been uh, included in grants worth over uh, 13 uh, million funded by uh, different institutions. Now, one of the resources that powers the functionalities within IPA is the Kyogen Knowledge Base. And so the Knowledge Base represents a massive ontology of over 12 million uh, curated literature findings that try to define molecular interactions and associations from literature. And so we have a team of MD and PhD level scientists whose job is to go through literature and top journals to find relevant recent publications and define what are the key molecular interactions found within those publications and pull out appropriate context for these relationships from the study to understand interactions between molecules and associations between uh, molecules and disease. Now the knowledge base um, also includes uh, many uh, third party databases as well to supplement our curation efforts. And so we capture uh, information from um, OMEN, um, target scan for microRNAs, and many other uh, databases. And so overall, the Kyogen knowledge base represents a rich repository of molecular interactions of high quality that has been updated uh, weekly for the last uh, 20 years or so. Now, another resource is the analysis match and Latin explorer functionalities powered by the um, Kyogen uh, omics off lands. And so whereas the Kyogen knowledge base focuses on curated, curating a literature-based information, uh, the lands focus on curating public omic data from a variety of different resources, uh, different uh, consortia data, different public repositories like GeoSRA. And so the land represent curated data processed in a standardized fashion from over 680,000 samples coming from the public domain made available through the software. And so an IPA, OMXOF land content, can be accessed through the um, web-based interface called Land Explorer. And so Land Explorer allows you to take your target of interest and utilize the metadata we capture for every sample to explore what the public OMIC data looks like for that um, target in a certain context. And in addition to this, um, Analysis Match provides uh, access to over 141,000 comparisons of differential expression from public studies that have been analyzed in IPA. And so for all of these studies, you have a collection of their biological characteristics and features. And so with this, you can open up any study of interest, let's say from GEO, and look at the key pathways, for example, or you can utilize this public data to see how it relates to any of your own data that you generate um, in IPA. And so today we are going to go over um, two approaches for discovery uh, using cancer as our focus. 
And so the first approach is without a data set. And so here you can leverage IPA's powerful knowledge base and resources to identify information uh, relating to genes and um, diseases of interest. And so you can interrogate public expression data and test hypothesis in silico through network construction and activity prediction. And so this will encompass uh, the first part of today's session. Now, the second approach uh, is when you have a data set. And so in this case, you can leverage IPS powerful knowledge base to connect your data to biological insights, identify um, biomarkers, uh, targets, uh, new diseased mechanisms, and then confirm your findings through comparisons with public studies. And so this will encompass uh, the second part of today's session. And so I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, launch a quick poll uh, just to get some feedback in terms of um, the illustrations uh, that I've highlighted. Are these sort of the illustrations that you're looking for? Uh, if not, let us know to the chat um, and sort of give some feedback in terms of what other um, illustrations um, you would like to see within um, IPA or within um, other future um, training sessions. And so um, as we go through um, examples today, I'll highlight how you can use this in the context of writing um, a grant or a publication. And so with that, let's go ahead and look at how you can use uh, IPA without a data set. And so let's say through um, reviewing the literature, you identified uh, MAP2K3 as a target, and you want to write a grant to do some follow-up studies. Now, MAP2K3 is part of the MAP kinase family and has roles in different cancer types. And so here you are looking to uh, substantiate uh, further studies on MAP2K3 in a grant. And so through IPA, not only can you explore what is known about uh, MAP2K3 in the literature, but you can also look at the gene expression uh, from TCGA, for example, to get some sense of how MAP2K3 is expressed across uh, different um, tumor types. You can further define samples using other uh, data that other omic data that we capture. And so, uh, for example, um, TP53 is highly mutated in different cancer types. So you can define a cohorts that allow you to look at the expression of MAP2K3 in the context of um, TP53 uh, mutated and wild type um, samples and get a feel for um, how the expression of MAP2K3 uh, differs between these two uh, cohorts. Or you might want to understand if MAP2K3 has an influence on uh, survival based on its expression level. And so with Line Explorer, you can look at survival data to see if there is a difference in survival between, in this case, the um, low um, expressors, the moderate expressors, or the uh, high expressors of uh, MAP2K3. And so overall, Line Explorer allows you to utilize metadata uh, to define relevant samples or cohorts of interest, and then query a target to see what expression uh, looks like. And so just a show of hands, um, how many of you guys attending today's session 
are interested in looking at how your target of interest is expressed, not only your data, but also how it's expressed across different uh, public data samples to get an idea of whether, you know, the expression that you're looking at is either constant across um, the, the field or it differs between your samples. And so I can see that um, many of you uh, would be interested in looking at how their target of interest is expressed. And so let's go ahead and um, look at how we can accomplish um, this in um, software. So when writing a grant proposal, you can get more information about your target of interest um, utilizing the uh, genes and chemicals uh, tab in the search bar and searching for a gene or multiple genes of interest. And so for today, we are interested in MAP2K3. So we're gonna go ahead and go within uh, this um, genes and chemicals tab and then type in our gene of interest in the search bar. And so as we do so, it's gonna auto-populate. So here we can go ahead and select our target of interest. So when we search uh, for a target of interest, uh, you get uh, the search results table that provides you with information, not only on your target, but also what other names uh, your target goes by, and then where it's uh, located as well within the uh, cell. And so here, we're gonna go ahead and click on the hyperlink um, under the uh, symbols column. And this is going to um, open up uh, the gene view page uh, in your browser, which will have information about the gene. Um, so for example, we can see um, what pathways our gene is involved in, um, what are some of the functions, um, some of its um, targeted microRNA. And so here you can browse through this page to get relevant information uh, specifically to your um, target of interest. Now the section, right here called uh, top findings uh, from uh, the knowledge base allows you to explore the information um, in, from the knowledge base. And so in parentheses, uh, we can see that there are of 1,461 curated uh, literature findings. And so when we click on the option to show all, This gives you a, a tabular breakdown of the different categories of how a MAP2K3 has been studied in the literature, which is helpful when you are writing a grant or um, summary information for a publication on MAP2K3. So here, uh, for example, we take a look at the molecular processes. Uh, we can see that there are numerous articles uh, related how a MAP2K3 is involved in the activation of uh, different molecules or the expression of uh, different molecules. And so by either clicking on the number here on parentheses or by clicking on a specific uh, molecule of interest, uh, you're able to see 
for example, I'm just gonna go ahead and click on this one. Uh, you're able to see the uh, publication or the uh, sets of publications that supports uh, the relationship between um, your target of interest and uh, that uh, other related uh, molecule. And so here, uh, when you're looking at uh, the um, citations, not only do you get a summary of what um, our team has captured uh, from that literature, but you also get information on that publication, uh, a link out to that publication. And then if there is a, a particular experiment that was involved, so you also get information on what that experiment is as well. And so by utilizing this information, uh, you can get uh, further insight into how your target of interest uh, has been cited in the literature to support um, different uh, biological functions. And so just a show of hands of how many of you would find uh, utilizing this information uh, really useful when it comes to better characterizing uh, your gene or your target of interest. And so I can see that uh, many of you would find uh, this uh, pretty uh, useful. So when you are trying to uh, better understand the functionality of a human gene, uh, the ability to go into this uh, gene view page and look at the literature durations of MAP2K3 in different categories, like, uh, you know, like molecular functions. Uh, you can also take a look at the cellular processes um, that this molecule is involved in or the different um, mutation information. Uh, you can also take a look at how uh, it's involved in different diseases. And so these provide you with a rich resource uh, to do a direct uh, literature uh, search. In addition to this, um, the gene view page is going to also uh, provide you with a way to look at the public omic data for MAP2K3 by utilizing the Land Explorer section that's highlighted here uh, in yellow. And so this uh, represents a set of links where you can look at different types of data that is available from the public domain. Uh, for example, you can take a look at um, you can take a look at uh, RNA seq data for uh, normal tissues, for cancer cell lines, cancer um, studies, and then non. Um, oncology studies. Uh, you can take a look at differential expression for single cell, for example. Um, so it provides you with a wide variety of different types of data that uh, you can access. And so let's say that we want to look at uh, MAP2K3 RNA-seq expression uh, in uh, TCGA. And so when we click on these uh, hyperlinks, this is going to uh, launch uh, Land Explorer, which is a nice integration between IP and Omicsoft, where we have data for hundreds of thousands of samples, all processed using the same uh, pipeline. And so as I mentioned, um, Land Explorer is a web 
based interface allows you to explore that public data that's coming from our Omicsoft lands. And so here, when we um, click on the TCG hyperlink, we can see the expression of MAP2K3, how it's displayed across these different uh, tumor types located on the uh, left-hand side. In addition to all of this um, omic data, we also curate metadata, the characteristics uh, for all of these samples, and display it here on the um, left-hand side. So uh, you can use uh, these filters to filter for things like tumor type, uh, disease category, and whatnot. Now we can also click on the add filter to add additional uh, filters using the metadata uh, from the public resources. So here you can see that um, we do curate um, a lot of public metadata associated with our samples, allowing you to have the flexibility in further defining what type of population uh, you're interested in uh, looking at. Um. And so you can use um, the filters located here on the left-hand side to filter out for specific type of samples that you want to display um, in the chart. So if we click, for example, on a disease state, we have a lot of different um, diseases you can filter based on what you're working with. And so for example, let's say that we want to focus on brain, stomach, and liver cancers. And so the, rather than looking at all of the samples represented by these individual um, dots, we can narrow our um, chart to focus on those that are um, specific to our interest. So here I can check none to remove all the selections. And then I can go ahead and check for um, my uh, stomach, Um, I can go ahead and check for um, brain and liver uh, cancers as well. I'll just go ahead and do brain and then also the uh, liver cancer. And so once I've selected uh, my cancer types of interest, I can go ahead and apply those filters. Um, so once uh, we do this, everything is removed except for our uh, brain, stomach, and liver tumors. And then here on the right-hand side, uh, you can see what type of data, what type of tissue the data is coming from. And so the metadata provides a resource to explore gene expression and relevant cohorts of interest. But we can also use this metadata to group the chart as well. And so here we are focusing on specific uh, tumor types, but you can look to see if there is a difference between tumor or normal uh, with regards to expression by simply changing the way the data is grouped. So here, if we go under our uh, grouping section, we can see that we're currently grouping by tumor types, which is displayed right here. And so for that, we can just simply use this dropdown. And let's say that we want to take a look at the differences between tumor or normal. So we can go ahead and group by that. And so once we do this, uh, we can see how our uh, target of interest is expressed both in normal 
and our uh, tumor uh, samples. Now this chart is interactive. So if you want to know what these samples are, you can simply just select them. and uh, get additional information about um, these samples in uh, the table below. And so here we can get that public uh, sample ID that's associated with these samples, and then look at the sample type and then get expression information um, as well. Now this table can be exported for downstream applications by simply clicking on the export uh, to Excel um, option. Now we can also uh, include um, statistical information by simply just clicking on the show p-value to show the statistic uh, around this table. And so here, um, often when it comes to grant writing amplifications, uh, you want to get a data in a tabular uh, fashion or export it as an image. And so with any um, table within, um, or any, within any chart within Land Explorer, you can easily uh, download the underlying data that is used to generate uh, the figure, or you can always uh, mouse over and then click on this little uh, camera icon uh, to export this table as an image. Now, because uh, TP53 is mutated in different cancer types, you may want to know how the expression of MAP2K3 is associated with TP53 mutations. And so for that, uh, you can create a mutation query for TP53. So as I mentioned, um, the panel here on the left-hand side has a variety of different ways that allows you to filter, but you can also generate your own uh, custom filters. And so here, if we go under the custom section, and then select the option uh, DNA mutation, somatic mutation. We can go ahead and create our own uh, custom query to take a look at how um, mutated uh, TB53 influences the expression of our target of interest. So here we can type in our gene, TB53, and select it. Uh, we can specify if there's any types of mutations that we're interested in, but in this case, uh, we're interested in looking at any mutation associated with TB53. Um, type in a name. And then click OK. And so once we do this, we can see that we've now generated our own uh, custom filter. And so to see um, how MAP2K3 and TP53 mutations are associated, we can go ahead and first remove those samples that don't have information on uh, the mutation and apply that filter. And then we can rearrange uh, the way the data is grouped by using our new um, uh, query of interest. So here under the grouping, we can group by our uh, new custom filter. And this is going to uh, generate uh, TB53 uh, wild type cohorts and TB53 uh, mutant uh, cohorts. And so here you can see that this uh, table, this, uh, this chart is displaying um, the expression of MAP2K3 in regards to whether uh, the samples are mutated or wild type for TB53.
And so here we can see that um, whether a mutation is present or not, uh, the expression of um, FTK3 is uh, similar among both um, cohorts. So just a show of hands, how many of you are interested in looking at mutations and how the mutations um, influence um, the expression of your uh, target of interest? And so you can see that many of you are um, interested in uh, mutations. Now, a question that you might want to address as you're writing your grant or publication is how does expression of MAP2K3 influences survival in these uh, samples? Now, there are different ways in which you can visualize this OMIC data. And so here we can change um, the data view by utilizing uh, this dropdown uh, located um, right here. And so this dropdown allows you to uh, visualize um, information um, for your target of interest um, in different ways. And so here you can see that there's uh, different types of uh, views that are available. And you can also click on this little um, wheel to add additional views. And so in this case, we are interested in looking at uh, the um, survival in terms of um, the expression of our target of interest. And so for that, we can go ahead and select um, that view. So here we're interested in looking at RNA-seq survival. So I'm just gonna go ahead and move it to the right-hand side and then click okay. So once we do that, if we use this dropdown, we can see that we now have our RNA-seq survival view uh, listed as um, the view available. So let's go ahead and uh, change it to this particular view. And so this view um, shows a plot of percent survival across time. Uh, the y-axis uh, represents the percentage of subjects alive, while the x-axis um, represents uh, time in days. And so here we have um, those samples that show uh, a down regulation a uh, no change in expression or an up regulation relative to the mean group expression. And so in this case, um, there doesn't seem to be a drastic uh, change in survival based on the expression of MAP2K3. Uh, we can always add uh, our statistics to see if uh, there is a difference, a survival difference in uh, MAP2K3 expression. And so here we can see that uh, it doesn't appear to be uh, significant. Remember, you can always download uh, the data that is supporting uh, this figure by simply clicking on the download option. And then you can always um, export this figure um, to your grant or publication by simply clicking on the little camera icon. And Solan Explorer represents a convenient mechanism where you can query expression for a gene of interest to get some ideas for generating a hypothesis or validating findings in an existing data set that you may have. Now, when it comes to writing a grant, users like you often find that looking at differential regulation, which is differential expression, uh, useful as this allows you to ask the question, where has MAP2K3 been observed to be differentially expressed in what context? And so here, again, we're focusing on this OMICSOFT section. We can see that we can take a look at uh, differential regulation, in other words, differential expression, and identify where 
is our target of interest upregulated or uh, downregulated? And so, again, we're going to be focusing on um, oncology. So I'm going to go ahead and just click on um, this general oncology uh, to take a look at the differential regulation. So once I click on this little hyperlink, it's going to, again, open up Land Explorer. And so um, this uh, bubble plot represents comparisons uh, with an observed increase or a observed uh, decrease in expression of map 2 k 3 And so here on the y-axis, we have uh, different uh, disease uh, categories. And then on the x-axis, um, we have the log to full change. Uh, what is the direction and magnitude of the change of uh, map 2 k 3 expression in a given study? And then um, these um, points are colored in the different uh, disease states. And so you can use uh, the filters again on the left-hand side to look at comparisons of interest. So here, for example, if I go to comparison category, I can uh, focus on those that are comparing a disease uh, versus normal and apply that filter. And so this uh, was going to filter down your results, these comparisons from public studies that are just focusing on disease uh, versus a normal state. And so this uh, chart is interactive. So when you select um, across uh, several uh, data points that are, for example, uh, decreasing or perhaps uh, display a decrease in our uh, target of interest, uh, we can see in this table that opens uh, below the different um, comparisons that are being made in which uh, map 2 k 3 is shown um, a downregulation of expression. And so uh, this allows you to see what experimental context um, do we see uh, differential expression of map 2 k 3 And so again, uh, you can export um, this um, graphic as um, a table um, by looking at that, by looking at this uh, download um, icon, or you can also um, export it um, the bubble plot uh, as a graphic by clicking on the uh, camera icon. So just a show of hands, how many of you um, are interested in looking at differential expression uh, for your target of interest to maybe identify a new uh, tissue or a disease state that you can target in which your um, marker is either downregulated or upregulated? And so I can see that uh, many of you would find um, such a uh, feature uh, useful. Now, in addition to uh, looking at um, tumor samples, uh, you can um, identify a, a cell line model that um, expresses map 2 k 3 And so with Lanix 4, you can look at a gene expression from CCLE, the Cancer Cell Line Encyclopedia, for example, and look at expression for uh, different uh, cell lines representing uh, different uh, primary cancers. Or maybe you are interested in looking at normal expression of map 2 k 3 And so you can look um, at healthy uh, normal tissues from GTEx to get a sense for the expression of map 2 k 3 
in uh, normal healthy states. And so with this, I think it's a good time to take our first um, Q&A break. Great, so um, we have one question. Um, I wanted to answer it live because it a uh, really common question that we have. And it was, um, can IPA be used to analyze gene expression of bacterium? Um, so currently um, you can analyze, so currently you can analyze the expression of human, mouse and rat um, gene expression in Land Explorer. Uh, if you are working with like bacteria information, um, you can take a look at how the bacterium affects the host and take a look at that gene expression um, that's associated um, with an IPA. Okay. And there was another question that someone asked I thought was really good. And what can you do with microRNA data? Um, so there's uh, different options that are available with microRNA data. Um, so you can use Linux for to take a look at the expression of sorry, microRNAs of interest. If you want to identify um, a silk line uh, that you want to knock out and you want to see where your microRNA is highly expressed, uh, you can use um, Linux for to um, search for our microRNAs as well. Um, you can also use IPA um, to take a look and identify some mRNA targets that are associated with your microRNAs. What are some of the biological um, functions that are associated with your microRNAs? Um, and so IPA does offer our different options. So one of the um, useful ones would be the microRNA target filter that allows you to take your list of microRNAs and then identify mRNA targets based on uh, biological context. Okay, great. And we just got a question in the Q&A. Can IPA be used to analyze data from multiplex cytokines data from Luminex? Um, so IPA can be used to analyze different types of uh, data. So IPA takes in comparisons where you are comparing um, a case versus a control. So as long as um, your data is in a comparison format where you have, you know, um, some either a full change, a log two full change with a differential expression, so it's negative and positive numbers, um, you can definitely uh, utilize IPA for that. Um, although you don't need to have differential expression if you have a list of cytokines, uh, you can also use IPA um, to see what um, those different cytokines are associated in terms of the biological context. Great. And um, we have a researcher who works with mouse central nervous system tissue. So in other words, brain, spinal cord, retina, they would like to know, does IPA have good coverage on these tissues? Um, so if you, I, I guess uh, the question would be, um, if you're referring to, um, the expression uh, data that we that I just went over, uh, we do have uh, specific lands that are available for um, for mouse um, uh, samples coming from uh, the public uh, domain. So from uh, geo and SRA studies. Uh, if you're referring to uh, the uh, findings within. Um, um, IPA. Uh, we also do have um, some good information on that. But you can always um, use IPA um, and use that search bar to sort of explore the different um, literature findings that are associated with your tissues of interest. Okay, great. 
that seems to be it so far for Q&A. Does anyone else have any questions? Oh, this is the only question any questions. Um, so please continue to enter those questions on the Q&A box and we'll have another session um, pretty soon. So um, the next thing uh, we are going to look at is how you can utilize the information in the knowledge base to help define interactions and associations with your gene or uh, disease of interest. And so this might be helpful for providing some evidence for grants or taking the results that you find in a study and generating a downstream hypothesis for a follow-up publication. And so let's say that after looking at the expression of MAP2K3 in Line Explorer, you want to understand how MAP2K3 relates to uh, glioblastoma. And so utilizing the curated interactions and associations within the knowledge base, we can construct networks to see what uh, molecules uh, MAP2K3 interacts with and whether any of these molecules are known to be associated with glioblastoma. And so here you get a mechanism where MAP2K3 interacts with a set of intermediate molecules, which are associated um, to glioblastoma. Um, and so from here, we can ask more questions. What cancer-related functions are the genes in this network associated with? And so we can use additional tools to see how genes in this network are associated with functions like angiogenesis, uh, for example. Now, once you have um, a network, you can ask the question, what happens when a molecule is modulated? What happens when uh, MAP2K3 is activated? So in IPA, you can augment the activation of MAP2K3 in silico by coloring it red. And so by utilizing the contextual details of the directionality of interactions that we capture through curation and knowledge base, IPA can predict how other molecules in the network are influenced. And so here we can see that the activation of MAP2K3 leads to a predicted activation or increase in uh, these genes colored in orange and a predicted inhibition um, or decrease in this gene color in blue, which leads uh, to an increase in a given uh, function or disease state. And so this represents a scenario where you can generate hypothesis about uh, MAP2K3 activation, and then subsequently test that in your grant proposal. And so going into the software, we are going to uh, build a network to see how MAP2K3 and glioblastoma are connected. And so to begin uh, this network construction, process, we are going to utilize the functionalities that are accessible through uh, the uh, search bar. And so here, uh, we can utilize the genes and chemicals tab to search for our gene of interest, MAP2K3. And so once we uh, search for that gene, we can simply select it by checking on the checkbox and add to my pathway, and then add it to a new pathway. And so this is going to open up a blank canvas where we have our uh, gene of interest. Now, once we have our gene of interest, we can then search for our disease of interest by utilizing uh, the diseases and functions uh, tab. And so here we can type in glioblastoma. And as we do so, it is going to um, auto-populate. So here I'm going to go ahead and select glioblastoma. 
Now, when you search for disease or function, you are going to get a hierarchy of different um, diseases and also the number of associated molecules. And so here, whether you are looking at glioblastoma from a cancer standpoint or from a neurological disease standpoint, uh, you have the same number of findings. And so in this case, I'm just gonna go ahead and select um, glioblastoma down here. And then I'm going to add it to my pathway by simply going to add to my pathway. And then I'm gonna go ahead and select this pathway that I currently have open called new my pathway one. So again, I'm gonna select glioblastoma, add to my pathway, and then new my pathway one. Now, once we do this, it's going to ask, what do you wanna add? Do you want to add disease as a node? Do you want to add the molecules that are associated with it? Or do you wanna add both? Now, in this case, um, we are only interested in adding the disease as a node. We're gonna go ahead and click okay. And so once we do this, we now have a um, pathway open where we have our uh, gene and our uh, disease of interest. Now to build our uh, network, we're gonna use the tools found within the build menu. So here under uh, the build menu, there are different tools utilizing this dropdown that allows you to build and customize that network of interest. And so the first tool that we're going to utilize is called the Path Explorer tool. And so Path Explorer allows you to identify different paths in which your two nodes of interest are connected. And so these could be uh, direct paths or they can be intermediate paths where your node of interest is connected to your disease through an intermediate. And so this is um, can be easily done by utilizing uh, the parameters listed here on the left-hand side. So our goal is to generate a network in which MAP2K3 connects to glioblastoma. And so for that, we're gonna go ahead and utilize um, this panel here on the left-hand side. So we're going to select our gene and then add it to this set A box, select our disease and add it to this set B box. In terms of the direction, we wanna go from MAP2K3 to glioblastoma, in other words, from set A to set B. So we're going to go ahead and set that direction. So now that we've let um, IPA know how we want to construct our network, let's go ahead and apply that. And so here we can see that this table pops up that shows the different ways in which MAP2K3 through intermediates connects to glioblastoma. And so we can see that there are 58 uh, different ways in which our nodes are connected through one intermediate, but um, there's also um, more than 20 or close to 20,000 ways in which um, our two nodes are, are connected by um, more than one intermediate. Now in this case, I'm just gonna go ahead and add these shortest paths by simply selecting them and then add to my pathway. Once I do that, we can see that we now have a network 
in which MAP2K3 through these different intermediates connects to glioblastoma. And so here we can ask the question, what cancer-related functions are the genes in this network associated with? And so for that, uh, we can use this drop-down menu and the grow tool to help us with that. And so the grow tool, as the name intends, allows you to grow your network um, based on either looking at molecules and chronicle pathways that are upstream or downstream of your network, or to you know, look at what other functions um, and diseases are the genes within your network also associated with. Now, in this case, we want to see what other uh, cancer-related functions our uh, network is associated with. So we can go ahead and select this diseases and functions tab and then see what uh, different disease and functions, the different genes within our network are associated with based on the literature. And so right now it's um, searching through its knowledge page to identify uh, the different functions that are associated. And so here we can see that there are over 721 different disease and functions that are associated with all of these molecules that comprised our uh, network. And so we can um, browse the different functions that are listed. So here, for example, you know, we may be interested in angiogenesis. And so we can select that function of interest and add it to our network. And so here we can see that not, our network is not only associated with glioblastoma, but it's also associated with angiogenesis. And so you can browse through um, these different um, functions to identify those that may be relevant or interesting to you, or you can always filter for those specific functions of interest as well. Now, just to conserve time, I'm only going to add this one function, but you can add um, multiple functions um, as you like, and then just um, include them into your network. So just a show of hands, um, how many of you would find a feature like this useful, discovering what other uh, biological uh, context is your network of interest associated with. And so here I can see that uh, many of you would find um, such a feature uh, useful. And so by utilizing um, the built menu, uh, you can build a network for a data set you're analyzing, or, you, or when you're writing a grant and you have a target molecule in mind, you can develop a hypothetical mechanism of interaction with the disease uh, that you are focusing on. Now here, um, this network can be exported um, as an image by simply clicking on this little export icon. And so here you can export in different formats as well as uh, different uh, resolutions that best fits you. 
Now, sometimes um, the way this network is displayed by default may not align with the guidelines of a given journal or a certain grant submission. And so for that, uh, you can uh, utilize the path uh, designer, which is like a Photoshop for your network. And so um, this allows you to add uh, different text, uh, different labels, different connections. Uh, you can modify the shapes of the molecules in your network, uh, giving you a wide spectrum of functionalities to customize the overall visualization of your network. And so here, the path explorer, sorry, the path designer um, option is going to open up a copy of your network that's being displayed. And so you can see that it does look a little bit uh, better where um, the molecules um, shapes are a little bit more descriptive of what they are. Um, and then uh, provides you again, the different options to add a molecule, um, edit, and just further customize it um, however uh, you uh, please. So now that we have our custom network, we are going to take advantage of Quality and IPA's database to see how expression of MAP2K3 influences uh, the expression of these downstream um, genes and your uh, functions of interest. And so for that, uh, we're going to use the tools that are found within the um, overlay uh, menu. And so here um, with an overlay, so I'm gonna go ahead and just hide this legend so you can see um, the network a little bit better. Uh, we're going to utilize um, the tool called MAP, Molecular Activity uh, Prediction Predictor. And so here um, MAP, MAP tool allows you to um, leverage IPAs um, causality and directionality information um, to see how the behavior of certain genes um, in your network influence the network as a whole. And so let's say that, you know, today we're interested in how the upregulation of MAPJK3 influences uh, the expression of these genes and uh, these diseases and functions. We can utilize uh, the color buckets um, to do that in silico uh, predictions. So here, the red bucket represents a upregulation or increase in activity, and the green bucket represents a downregulation or a decrease in activity. And so we're gonna go ahead and select this little red bucket and then color our gene of interest red. And so here, when we color um, our gene red, we can see that um, if we decrease, if we increase the activity of our gene, then according to literature, these genes colored in orange are predicted to be activated. And then this gene in blue is predicted to be inhibited. And so we can see that um, the increase in activity of our gene leads to an overall increase in the glioblastoma disease state and an increase in angiogenesis. And so if your goal, if the goal of your grant is to um, evaluate the impact 
of MAP2K3 activation in glioblastoma, uh, you have a tangible hypothesis based on all of the information we have carried in knowledge base from the literature uh, that you can test as a validation. And so again, um, you can utilize both the built menus tools to build uh, your um, network of interest and grow it to see what other uh, disease or functions are associated with your network. And then use the overlay menu, um, the map tool, to do some in silico predictions on how the behavior of certain um, genes in your network uh, affect the network um, overall. Now, let's say that you know, we've built this network and then uh, downstream, uh, you generate some experimental data or you find a public data set uh, which you would like to look at in the context of this network. And so with IPA, you can overlay uh, data sets. And so here, uh, if I stay within the overlay menu and I go to the first option, analysis, data sets and list, we can overlay um, expression data uh, onto this network to see how um, the ex observed expression changes um, in these molecules influence uh, this network as a whole. So let's say, you know, for example, I actually did a knockout study. So here I'm going to go ahead and add my knockout data. Let's go with this one. So when I overlay the expression changes observed in my knockout experiment, uh, you can see how uh, those expression changes uh, influence um, the behavior of this network as a whole. But here we can see that, you know, um, see that according to uh, the literature and the expression changes observed in my data, uh, we can see that there's a predicted decrease in angiogenesis and like glioblastoma. And so here you can see how the observed expression changes uh, for these genes influence the network and ultimately um, these given uh, functions and diseases. So not only can you generate um, a network and do some in silico predictions, then you can also overlay um, expression data um, to see how those expression changes uh, affect the network um, as a whole. And so with this, um, I think we can take another um, Q&A uh, session. Um, yeah, so there's two questions that I thought were really interesting. Um, the first one is, can we use IPA to analyze post-modified post microRNAs, so for example, methylated microRNAs and isomeres. I think that's interesting because more and more people are asking about methylation data. Um, so methylation data can definitely be used um, uh, in IPA. So then I don't think we have any webinars on that, do we? No, no, oh. not right now. Um, so we don't have a specific webinar, but um, the ability to... Um, analyzed uh, methylated data um, can be utilized in IPA, yes. Okay, great. 
And then the other question is, um, we have a researcher who's working with human hip dysplasia patients, and they'd like to know if there's a public database in IPA that has normal hip RNA-seq data that they could use as a control for their analyses. So um, back to Lennox Four. So we do have um, normal expression data. So we do have, uh, for example, uh, GTEx. So if I go under uh, GTEx, um, you can uh, specify using the filters on the left-hand side to take a look at uh, what type of tissue that you're interested in. And so here, um, this graphic is going to display um, the expression of normal tissues uh, for MAP2K3, um, but you know this gene can be uh, your uh, gene of interest. And so we do have that, um, the normal, um, normal expression um, that's available within the GTEx uh, that users can, can explore. And if they're interested in single cell, then we also have normal expression for single cell as well. Okay. Um, I don't see any other questions, but does anyone else want to enter some questions into the Q&A box? Um, so thank you everyone uh, for staying interactive. And um, if you guys have any questions as we're going along, uh, please do write a Q&A. And um, Lynn and I are happy to answer those questions. So now, um, in addition to exploring uh, the uh, knowledge base, let's say that you are uh, writing grant, but you don't have your own data yet. So you want to use public studies and look at the pathways or the regulators associated with those studies. Now, instead of downloading the public data set and processing it, which can be a long process, you can easily search for uh, public studies in IPA. And so you can leverage public data by simply searching for your uh, disease of interest, like glioblastoma, or a gene, or a session number from a um, paper or data set of interest, and then browse through the relevant public analysis using its associated metadata. And so today we're going to be focusing on uh, this particular data from this particular paper. And so um, in IPA, Go ahead and minimize this. In IPA, uh, things are as simple as, again, utilizing this uh, search bar and then using the, the data sets and analysis tab. And so here on our data set and analysis, uh, we can type in uh, some keywords like glioblastoma, for example, and search. And so uh, when you search by keywords, uh, different expression analysis are going to appear here um, at the bottom. And so here you can see that there's over uh, 722 um, analysis that are relevant to glioblastoma. And so you can browse to different, um, different analysis by simply taking a look at the metadata that uh, is associated with those analysis here on the uh, right hand side. So here, for example, uh, this is looking at a cell one versus cell two uh, comparison, where it's comparing um, tumor cells versus uh, cancer uh, stem cells. And so you can gain information on what that study is. 
as well as um, get access to the publication that is associated with that study, and then get extra information uh, from that particular study by taking a look at the geo um, page for that particular study. And so here um, you can identify um, relevant studies of interest by simply searching for keywords and then browsing through the uh, relevant uh, metadata that's associated with uh, the individual studies. Now, when uh, we are focused on a specific paper like this one, it is much better to uh, search for that geo uh, session number and um, look for that particular data set. Um, so here, uh, then looking at um, things like keywords, we can go ahead and search for that uh, geo number. And so um, this is going to uh, bring up all of the different uh, comparisons that are relevant uh, for that particular uh, study of interest. And so here we can see that uh, this uh, study has three different um, comparisons. And so here, uh, the one that we're going to be looking at um, is this one, in which um, if we take a look at the metadata, this analysis, uh, they are comparing uh, responders versus non-responders um, after um, bevolizumab um, treatment uh, was uh, given. And so by selecting this open uh, button, we can go ahead and open this uh, public uh, data set. And so once you open a public data set, uh, you can open up and explore the analysis as if they were your own. And so just like any core expression analysis in IPA, you will find results for pathways, upstream regulators, and disease and functions in different tabs. Uh, the top five results for each of these different categories are going to be summarized in the summary tab, which is uh, the default view that you get when you open up the analysis. And so uh, now let's look at how we can use IPA with a data set to gain biological insights. Now there are uh, multiple uh, ways to look at data in IPA. Uh, you can um, search for a public data set if you don't have one, or you can bring in your own data sets, whether it is from a pilot study that you are using to write a grant or a data set that you have generated for your publication. And so for uploading data sets into IPA, um, IPA has basic requirements in that it only requires um, a list of um, identifiers, which can be a list of genes, uh, transcripts, proteins, metabolites, and it can be um, in um, either text, Excel, uh, CSV, or DIFF formats. Now, if you are working uh, with comparison data and where you're looking at a case versus control, uh, you can add differential expression uh, to your uh, list of um, molecules identifiers. And so this is going to turn on uh, prediction functionalities in IPA. And you can also upload uh, p-values uh, as well if they're available. So you can upload your uh, data set into IPA by simply going to the create new core analysis. 
and then clicking on the upload to select a file from your computer. Now we won't be going into the details of data upload today, but if you would like to learn more, we have training videos online where you can register for one of our upcoming new user uh, webinars, which goes into details on how to upload uh, your data set into IPA. Now in IPA, uh, once you have that data set upload uh, or you've opened up an analysis of interest, uh, you can identify enrich pathways to gain insights into the molecular mechanisms underlying your data set and utilize the pattern of expression change within your data to see how these pathways are behaving. You can then open up the pathway and see how the observed uh, gene changes within your data highlighted here uh, in the purple. Influence the predicted behavior in orange and blue of other molecules and downstream functions that are associated with this pathway. Now in IPA, you can leverage the knowledge base and the targets of all known regulators in the knowledge base to identify upstream uh, regulatory molecules that could be driving some of the observed expression changes in your data. You can then display this as a network and further study the interactions between the regulator and its uh, target genes from your data set. And so I'm gonna go ahead and just minimize the window here at the back and just maximize this one. And so the data set we are looking at comes from a study that looked at transcriptional changes after the it was a med, uh, combination treatment in responding uh, recurrent uh, glioblastoma patients compared to non-responders. And so here we're gonna go ahead and click on the uh, pathways tab because you want to know more about the biological mechanisms underlying this data set. So here we can see all of the enriched uh, pathways for this data set. Uh, the more significant the enrichment, uh, the higher the bar. Here we can see that these pathways are more enriched than uh, these pathways that you see here. Now, one of the things that makes IPA unique is that the database is not only comprehensive, but it's also causal. So based on how the genes are up and down in your data set, IPA can compare that to literature and make predictions using um, a z-score, which is a statistic IPA uses. So the charts display different colored pathways. So predicted um, activation is going to be uh, represented by the color orange. And then predicted inhibition is going to be represented by the color blue. Uh, gray pathways, our pathways where our team has not calculated activity because information needed to make a prediction is not available. And then we have these white or clear color pathways uh, where there wasn't enough information to make a prediction based on the gene expression patterns um, in your data set. Now, this uh, chart is often seen as figure in publications. Uh, the customize chart option allows you to select and define the information you want to display. So here, for example, we can open up this. Let's say that we want to only look at those uh, pathways 
with an absolute um, z-score of one, we can type that in and then apply that um, filter. And so here, uh, the uh, drop-down menu provides you with the flexibility to display this information in different uh, formats. So here, for example, if you would rather look at a horizontal view of the uh, enriched pathways, um, you can do so as well. And so looking at these uh, different pathways, we are interested in the tumor uh, microenvironment pathway. Uh, so when we click on the uh, pathway, uh, this is going to open up a table uh, down here that provides you with uh, information of all the genes uh, from the data set that belong to this pathway. And so in our case, uh, this pathway is predicted to be inhibited, represented by the color in blue. And we can take a look at this table to see why IPA made that prediction. So this column um, shows you uh, the genes that are expected to be um, active or upregulated when this pathway is activated according to literature and IPA's knowledge base. And uh, this column right here shows you um, how the genes are expressed in this data set. And so IPA compares a direction of expression between um, the literature and uh, the data set and predicts that um, this pathway is inhibited since the uh, pattern of gene expression that is expected uh, when this pathway is activated in literature is opposite to what you see uh, in the data set. Now this table also shows you uh, what genes are capable of serving as known biomarkers. It also provides you some drug information as well. So here we can open up that pathway by simply clicking on open pathway. I'm just gonna go ahead and just maximize uh, this pathway so you guys can see it better. All right, so when you open up uh, a pathway, you automatically see predictions. And this is done by taking advantage of causality and directionality in IPA's knowledge base. So relying on the directional information from the curated literature in the knowledge base, we can take the observed changes at the gene expression level um, and predict how that might influence the activity of other nodes in this pathway where predicted activation is colored in orange and then predicted inhibition is colored in blue. And so here we can see, uh, for example, um, that these genes, like M1 and PLAU, um, are downregulated uh, in the data set represented by the color in green. And so we can see that according to the literature, this observed downregulation of the genes uh, is going to lead to an eventual uh, decrease in tumor cell invasion, colored in blue, according to literature. And so you can generate um, a hypothesis by taking a look at the different connections and the different um, colors. Now, if you're not uh, familiar with uh, what the colors or the symbols uh, in this network uh, represent, you can always go to help legend. And so this is going to open up um, your browser, 
where it's going to provide you with our legends page uh, displaying what the different shapes represent, what the different abbreviations uh, mean, as well as what the different uh, relationship lines uh, represent. And so this again can be accessed by simply going to the help and then clicking on the uh, legend to get more uh, detailed information. Now, whether you are writing a grant to further evaluate uh, efficacy of Evazuzumab combination treatment in glioblastoma, you can compare this pathway to public disease state data, uh, supporting evidence uh, in your grant proposal. And so here we are looking at one data set, but we can always add more. So if I utilize the overlay menu, and use a dropdown to select the first option, analysis data sets and list. We can see that we are currently looking at uh, this glioblastoma comparison, again, comparing uh, responders versus non-responders to our combination treatment. Now here we can add more data to overlay onto the network. And we can search for additional public data by clicking on this uh, search option. And so here, um, if we select and search for glioblastoma, we're going to see that familiar uh, search window that we saw earlier where we are searching for public data sets that are relevant to glioblastoma. And so here we are interested in disease versus normal conditions. So we can go ahead and filter for those. So under this comparison category, uh, we can search for those that are comparing normal conditions and apply that filter. And so here you can see that we're looking at disease versus normal comparisons, comparing um, our um, comparing uh, glioblastoma versus um, a normal. And so if we select a um, condition of interest, let's say that you know we want to take a look at this one as an example, uh, we can see that we are comparing um, the tumor core versus normal tissue, and that this is uh, coming from the uh, human brain. And so here we can um, overlay that uh, data. So in this case, I'm just gonna go ahead and just add just one uh, data set, but you can always um, add um, multiple uh, data as well. So by going to, by selecting your um, analysis, we can add to overlay and overlay now. And so here we can see how our um, diseased, glioblastoma uh, disease versus uh, normal uh, data set looks like in this um, pathway. 
and then we can compare it to our uh, responder versus non-responder. All right, so you can look at the treatment data by clicking on number one, and then look at the disease state data by clicking on number two. And so here, this table contains uh, genes uh, from your data sets found in this pathway uh, with a little note chart associated to them. And so the note chart shows you how different genes um, in this pathway are either up or down-regulated. And so here we can see that, you know, uh, ICAM-1 is significantly down-regulated in a data set one, but not so much in a data set two. So if we wanted to just look at um, the expression, ignoring the uh, statistical cutoffs, uh, we can see that um, ICAM-1 is uh, down-regulated um, in both, although not statistically significant um, in our um, disease state. And so by taking a look at these uh, note charts, you can identify um, targets that could be of interest that are either um, expressed the same regards to the condition or have differential expression uh, depending on the condition. And so just a show of hands, how many of you would find this uh, feature useful? Identifying um, treatments, data sets, uh, that may be um, interesting to look at and looking at different express um, genes without you actually having to spend the resources to generate this data. I can see that uh, many of you would find this useful. And so remember, you can always export this figure by clicking on the export icon. And so here you can export in different formats as well as uh, either the whole image or just that current section that you're looking at. And then you can also export in uh, different um, resolutions as well. So let's say that uh, in addition to pathways, you're interested in finding which key regulators are driving a specific condition or treatment, but you don't want to spend um, hours reading through literature to find this type of information. And so here in upstream analysis, uh, the default is going to be the upstream regulators. So in upstream uh, regulators, IPA looks at any regulatory molecule in the knowledge base and identifies downstream targets within your data set. IPA compares the direction of expression of the downstream targets in your data to the literature to predict which regulatory molecules are activated or inhibited, thereby allowing you to find key molecules that could be driving the expression changes observed in your data. And so this uh, table lists information about uh, individual uh, regulators, and these can be uh, genes, microRNAs, proteins, drugs, or chemicals, and much more. And so here, IPA is going to capture regulatory molecules that are both in your data set. These are the ones that show expression information, whether it's upregulated or downregulated, and molecules outside of your data set uh, that can serve as um, they can influence the expression changes observed uh, in uh, genes uh, found in your uh, data. And so if you are looking for a specific regulator, you can always use this filter icon to type in that specific regulator of interest. Or if you um, have um, specific targets that you're interested in and you want to know uh, what regulator is influencing the expression of those targets. You can go into the target molecules and data set column and then filter and select for those um, downstream targets uh, that you are interested in. 
And so using uh, this table, you can try to establish a regulatory profile of cytokines, for example. And so uh, for this, uh, so in this context, you may look for all of the cytokines that are changing in your data set. So if we go under molecule type, rather than looking at everything, we can go ahead and select cytokines as our molecule of interest. And then we can also focus on those molecules that are changing in the data set. So we can do an absolute value of one and apply that filter. Now, um, activation C-score predicts the activity of the regulator of the expression. So an IPA, uh, a C-score of two and higher gives a prediction of significant activation and a C-score of negative two and lower gives a prediction of significant inhibition. So here we can filter for absolute value of two and apply that filter. And so by filtering uh, this table for cytokines with an absolute value of one and an activation and a significant activation C-score, you can get a list of regulators that drive the expression changes observed in responders versus non-responders to uh, the bevacizumab uh, combination treatment. Now for any of these regulators, um, you can highlight the row and you can display it as a network. And so this is going to allow you to uh, visualize uh, that uh, regulatory network um, itself. Now here we can see our, our regulator is in the middle and we can see how um, the downstream targets found within our data set are either upregulated or downregulated, um, allowing you to visualize an expression pattern uh, for this uh, network. And so looking at uh, this, you may ask, are there other data analysis that have a similar expression pattern? And can these set of genes serve as a signature for responders to bevacizumab uh, combination treatment? And so pattern search, um, enables you to instantly scan over 141,000 omics of analysis coming from the public domain using a collection of genes as your query and discover which uh, public analysis have either similar or uh, opposite patterns of gene expression to yours. And so by clicking on this pattern search, IPA is gonna compare this set of up and down regulated uh, genes to the significantly differentially expressed genes in more than 141,000 omics of data sets. And the output is going to be a volcano plot where we'll have C-score at um, the x-axis and then um, significance on the y-axis. So here, um, matching patterns of expression are going to have a positive C-score and then anti-matching patterns of expression are gonna to contribute to a negative C-score. And then each dot represents a uh, individual analysis. And so using this plot, you may want to know what analysis have similar uh, patterns of expression to uh, this um, uh, tumor necrosis factor network that we uh, queried. And so we can go ahead and um, select 
those uh, analysis with a positive C-score by simply selecting uh, those and highlighting those uh, analysis. And so um, IPA is going to um, retrieve that information uh, for these analysis and display them here in this table uh, below, where the first column is going to provide you with uh, the name of the uh, public analysis. And then the second column um, is going to show you from which OMICSOFT LAN database this information is uh, coming from. So just a show of hands, how many of you are currently working in um, identifying signatures or validating uh, current signatures for your uh, phenotype of interest? So I can see that um, some of you are uh, working on that. And so the pattern search feature is a feature that many users like you uh, will utilize uh, to either identify those uh, signatures or uh, further uh, validate. Uh, their current uh, signatures that they are working with. And so here, um, as I mentioned, uh, the first column says the name, uh, where Inomics off is it coming from? So you can see that some of these are coming from the single cell human, single cell mouse uh, data sets. And then this um, overlap ratio indicates how many genes in a specific analysis overlap with the number of genes used in the query. Here, for example, we queried uh, 59 genes. And out of those 59 genes, uh, 21 uh, matched. And then the C-score consistency column indicates how many of those overlapping genes also match the direction of expression of the genes in the query. So here we can see that out of those 21 matching genes, the direction of expression also matches. So if we wanted to see what those genes were, we can simply click on this hyperlink. And we can see that not only are these genes downregulated in our data set, but they are also downregulated in this data set coming from single uh, cell mouse data, looking at a normal control from articular cartilage. And so, if we filter, for example, for glioblastoma, so here under um, case disease date, we can filter for glioblastoma. And we can see that about 20% um, or so of our um, expression pattern overlaps uh, with studies uh, relevant to glioblastoma. And so here we can further um, examine uh, the queries gene by gene by simply selecting our analysis of interest and then clicking on this gene heat map. And so here we can see um, how our genes are expressed. And we can see that many of the genes that are downregulated 
in our data set are also downregulated in these um, studies relevant to glioblastoma. And so we can use that this heat map, you know, and hypothesize that some of the query genes could potentially serve as a center either for the responders or for the um, rates or in disease state. And so by utilizing uh, this feature, not only uh, can you identify potential uh, gene signatures of interest, but you can also um, validate uh, your signatures um, to see that they are also relevant in other data sets uh, that are either looking at the same condition or at the same um, disease state that you are interested in. And so here uh, we can, uh, you may want to further uh, investigate if tumor necrosis factor is an important uh, regulator in glioblastoma. Is it activated in other analysis relevant to glioblastoma? Is it inhibited? Or you may be interested in targeting uh, glioblastoma, sorry, targeting uh, tumor necrosis factor, and you want to know what other treatments are predicted to either activate or inhibit um, tumor necrosis factor. And so this is where the activity plot uh, can be uh, very helpful. And so activity plot is a feature that allows you to visualize and explore the activity of a gene, a disease, or pathway of interest across your data and 141,000 comparisons coming from the Omicsoft platform. And so the output is going to be a activity plot um, as it that's that's going to be a volcano plot, um, and so uh, utilizing this plot, uh, you can uh, identify other studies uh, in which have uh, a desired behavior in regards to your uh, target of interest. Um, and so here you can identify either you, which studies uh, the youth have done in IPA or other public studies that either have an activation of your target or display an inhibition of your um, target of interest. And so to explore the activity of um, tumor necrosis factor, we can simply just highlight that row and click activity plot. And so this is going to um, open up a volcano plot um, in which we'll have C4 at the x-axis and significance on the y-axis. And then again, each individual dot is going to represent um, an analysis. And so here, um, a positive um, C score uh, represents uh, situations in which um, tumor necrosis factor is predicted to be activated according to the expression changes of its downstream targets. And then a negative uh, Z-score is going to represent um, analysis in which this um, regulator is predicted to be inhibited based on the expression changes of its downstream targets. And so, If we select all the points um, that are negative, 
we can go ahead and just do that by simply selecting and dragging. And so here we can see um, all of the uh, data sets um, at the bottom uh, that is going to display um, a inhib predictive inhibition of um, tumor necrosis uh, factor. All right, so for example, if you are looking um, to identify what other drugs um, that you can repurpose, that will provide you with a similar uh, behavior for your um, target of interest. You can take a look at these other data sets in which um, tumor necrosis factor is predicted to be inhibited. Take a look at those comparisons in which they are treating either you know, treatment versus control or responder versus non-responder. Then take a look at um, the treatments uh, that uh, they were uh, utilized. Now, if you want to identify um, a potential um, tissue or a um, potential uh, model in which you know you see an opposite trend, you can um, take a look at those analysis that show a um, activation of tumor necrosis factor, and then get more information on um, what um, those uh, conditions um, are. So this mechanism um, allows you to either you know, identify uh, drugs, or if you're doing a drug-based comparison, allows you to repurpose uh, drugs uh, for other indications. And it also allows you to identify you know, potential disease models uh, that may be of interest uh, to you. So just a show of hands, how many of you um, consider yourselves uh, utilizing this feature to identify either um, additional drugs that may produce the same behavior that you're currently looking at or identify um, disease models um, that display um, a opposite uh, behavior to what your, your treatment data in this example um, is displaying. So I can see that some of you uh, would find uh, these features uh, useful. Now, um, going back to the upstream uh, regulators, uh, you can also look at drugs as regulators. So here, I'm just gonna go ahead and um, change this to um, chemical drugs. And then I'm just gonna go ahead and reset this one. And so this allows you to identify potential therapeutic compounds that could modulate um, a set of genes, gene targets in your data set. So activated, so drugs that are activated um, are ones that would kind of recalculate the disease, the state of um, the case samples in your comparison. So if you are looking at disease versus normal comparisons, for example, um, activated would represent a drug that would probably further promote the disease state. So you would want to avoid that. Um, but if you see a drug that is predicted to be inhibited, this could represent a scenario where introducing this drug would help modulate the disease state. So if you are writing a manuscript in the discussion section, you could hypothesize that um, this could be a putative a drug target for whatever disease state um, you are looking at.
Now, often users like you want to know how their results compare to others. And the analysis match automatically compares your analysis uh, with 141,000 expression analysis coming from the public uh, data sets, which can help confirm your interpretation of the results or provide additional insights into um, underlying shared biological mechanisms. And so with this, you can visually compare your analysis using a heat map and see how your data is either similar or uh, different to other public data sets. So if you are working on a pilot study for glioblastoma and are thinking about figures for grants or publications, uh, you can discover other cancer data sets um, or even uh, glioblastoma data sets in which a set of regulatory uh, molecules um, are conserved across uh, your study and um, other studies as well. And so going back to our software, uh, let's say that you want to find any drugs that can be repurposed to treat uh, glioblastoma uh, in a mouse, in a, uh, mouse uh, model system. And so this is where the analysis match uh, tab can be uh, very useful. And so analysis match um, automatically uh, compares your analysis against other analysis that you have created in your uh, project manager folders, as well as thousands of other expression analysis created from public sources, such as GEO, SRA, CGA, and more. And so the matching is based on shared patterns of clinical pathways, uh, upstream regulators, causal networks, disease and functions, and are given an overall uh, C-score. And so here, um, anti-matching um, analysis are going to be um, colored in um, a blue uh, shade, and then matching analysis are going to be colored in purple. And so using, using analysis match, uh, you want to compare your treated uh, glioblastoma data with data coming from mouse to find any drugs um, that can be repurposed to treat glioblastoma. And so for that, we'll start off by filtering uh, for mouse. So here under the project section, we can take a look at those that are coming from mouse. So we're gonna go ahead and select um, Oncomouse to look at oncology mouse studies, and then uh, mouse disease to take a look at those uh, non-oncology uh, mouse diseases. And so once we do that, next we'll look at analysis that uh, involved treatment. And so for that, we're going to go into this uh, case treatment, and then we're going to uh, remove those that either have a NA or state none and apply that. And so by utilizing these two um, filters, uh, you can identify um, other uh, drugs that you can uh, repurpose that give you uh, that are predicted to give you similar uh, results to those that you um, are observing. And so let's say that you are interested in looking at these public analysis. So we can simply just select those. Uh, you can generate a heat map to visually compare them to your analysis by going to view as heat map. And so here 
when we uh, click on the US heat map, it's going to open up a heat map where you can visually see how the predicted activity of your data is either similar or opposite to the predicted activity of these other data sets that um, are coming from mouse uh, that have received a treatment. And so this uh, heat map can be organized um, by going to the sort method and selecting uh, your sorting of interests. So here we can just do like, for example, sort by C-score. And so you can see that, uh, for example, not only are these upstream regulators downregulated in your data, but they're also downregulated in these uh, data sets that involve a treatment. And so you can see that you know, these are not only activated in your data sets, but they're also predicted to be activated um, in these uh, data sets. So orange means that they are predicted to be activated in IPA, and then um, blue represents um, um, scenarios where they are not only predicted to be activated, inhibited in your data set, but they're also predicted to be inhibited in these other uh, public data sets. So you can see here, there are several uh, regulators uh, that show similar behavior across these different treatments, giving you a mechanism to explore the conservation, the conserved biology between these different indications and provide evidence to repurpose uh, these treatments. So overall, this creates a nice visual that compares the predicted activity of your data with public data, which can help confirm your interpretation of the results or provide additional insights into underlying shared biological mechanisms. And so again, you can always export this as an image by clicking on the little image icon. So in IPA, uh, we can also compare activity predictions across your data sets through the comparison analysis. And so this allows you to take uh, multiple comparisons and identify what is biologically similar or different between your analysis. And so by using a heat map, you can look at pathways, regulators, and disease and functions across different comparisons. Uh, these could be different treatment conditions, different time points, or different omic data for the same disease state. And so here, uh, the coloring of the cells is going to represent a, a predicted activity. So you can see if activation is consistent or inconsistent for a specific pathway across your uh, multiple conditions, for example. And so here, for example, we can see that um, IL-6 signaling is changing between uh, these conditions. So you might ask what genes are driving this predicted activation of IL-6 pathway. And so by clicking on the gene heat map, uh, you can generate a heat map uh, looking at uh, gene expression changes observed for the genes in this pathway across your multiple comparisons. And so if you just quickly highlight that here, um, not only can you take a look at the heat map, but you can also generate that comparison by going to the view comparison and so here, not only will you be able to um, further explore the predicted activity of your data sets and these data sets that you are interested in, but you can also take a look at um, the gene expression uh, that is um, causing uh, those predictions.
And so here, I accidentally clicked on the wrong tab. <laughs> um, so as you saw, you can open up the comparison analysis by simply selecting your analysis of interest and clicking on comparison analysis. And so this is going to generate um, a heat map that's uh, similar to what you see here, where you'll have a heat map for your pathways. And then you can um, click on that gene heat map um, to take a look at not only the predicted activity, but the uh, gene expression that is uh, generating that uh, predicted um, activity. And so um, to summarize what we covered today, uh, we talked about utilizing IPA in two ways for publication and grant writing. And so we looked at how you can use Plan Explorer for exploring public comic data. Uh, we looked at how you can build networks in silico and uh, predict activity and how we can search for public data sets and look at the biological characteristics of these studies. Now, once you have a data set of interest, you can use IPA to interrogate uh, what are key pathways in your data set, what regulatory molecules are driving the expression changes observed in your data. And then lastly, we talked about the ability to utilize public data to compare your findings to over 141,000 uh, comparisons from the public domain and identify public data sets that are either similar um, or uh, dissimilar to your data. And then we, as we saw, you can easily generate tables and figures that you can incorporate into your uh, publication or your grant that you're working with. Um, so with this, um, thank you everyone for attending today's session. Um, if you have any questions, I'll be happy to take them. And also um, please provide us with some feedback. This uh, helps us um, cater you know, um, upcoming uh, training sessions uh, to better fit your needs. Let's see. So again, if you guys have any questions, uh, please utilize that Q&A box uh, and we'll be happy to uh, take them. And then I'll also post that um, survey link um, so that you guys can provide us with some feedback. So it looks like, um, so the slides um, are, so also post a um, copy of the slides as well uh, for those of you that have asked.
All right. So one of the questions that came up is how how can we remove molecules from a, a network that we've um, either opened or generated? Um, so we can easily uh, remove and modify um, molecules um, by simply just using the delete on your keyboard. So here, for example, if I go back to the uh, custom network that we generated, or just any network, let's say that you know we have this one that's opened, uh, and we don't want to take a look, we don't care about these molecules. You can easily just select them, and then click on delete um, to delete them and remove them from your your uh, network. You can always add them back by just doing the the redo um, option um, as well. So how does IPA um, know that um, a regulator is influencing a downstream target? Um, so with any uh, relationship that you see in IPA, uh, you can always click on the relationship line. And so here, when I click on the relationship line, you can see that an E2 appears. And so the E represents expression. So if we double click on that connecting line between in this case, um, Tumor necrosis factor and twist one. This little relationship summary window is going to appear. It's going to provide you with uh, a nice little summary of what the relationship between those two molecules is. Now, if you want to take a look at the supporting evidence, you can always click on the, the relationships between hyperlink. And so this is going to open up a page in your browser that's going to provide you with the uh, literature references uh, that were utilized to support the relationship between these two nodes. And so here you can see that we've summarized that information from the publication. And then we also provide you with uh, the experimental information uh, that was used to uh, support uh, that finding. And so um, this information uh, this literature information can be easily found by simply just um, selecting um, your relationship interest by just double clicking on that and then um, looking at this uh, relationship summary window. So it looks like there's um, no other questions. So I'm just going to go ahead and um, give you guys just like 30 more seconds or so to type in those last minute questions. Um, so again, um, the slides have been posted in the chat as well as that uh, post-training survey. Um, the recording will be sent out to you um, in 48 hours, but if you want to um, access the recording uh, right after we end the session, um, you can go ahead and um, utilize that registration link uh, that we provided earlier to um, just, pre uh, just uh, fill out that information, and you'll have access to the recording um, on demand. And so that link is um, displayed uh, right here. Okay, so it looks like there's no more questions. Uh, so thank you everyone for attending today's session. Uh, thank you Lynn, for um, helping. Uh, with uh, the Q&A uh, questions. And so um, thank you everyone for attending and we look forward to um, your presence in uh, other sessions as well. Great, thank you.